You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Professor Robert D'Agostino with Do Facts Matter. And, of course, uh, as I always say, if you're a leftist, facts don't matter at all. And we are seeing that recently, in the last week, with these <coughs> alleged demonstrations which have turned into, of course, riots, looting, or as someone put it, evening shopping sprees. Anyway, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that and look a bit about the truth. Uh, Let me just uh, say this before we start the show more formally. And keep this in mind as we discuss this. Uh, 6% of the population are black males. 44% of murders are done by black males. And most of those people who are murdered are other black males. 93 to 96% of those people who are murdered uh, are murdered by... uh, uh, Blacks who are murdered are murdered by other blacks. So I think uh, if you want to talk about a, a, a discussion about race, we need to talk about facts. And with that... I have a uh, my desk of last week is back again. It's Will Harris, and uh, Will Harris, of course, has got a great uh, resume about traveling around the world, flying planes, and and actually observing the behavior of people all over the world, including uh, being in the midst of mm, a riot or two. Uh, Will, you there? I'm here. Oh well, let's uh, give me some of your uh, uh, observations about what you've seen around the world as a result of this kind of rioting, this kind of uh, mayhem, this kind of looting. Uh, certainly, we're not unique in having that in this country, although uh, the frequency in this country seems to be picking up, and, and the severity. What is your take? Well. What I've seen is, for example, here there seem to be more than one group responsible. We have some very malicious players, the Antifa, and uh, I believe there's some other groups as well, but they're very malicious. Then we have some other groups that are uh, just strictly seem to be trying to steal and rob and and, you know, get a new iPhone. Well, as, as uh, Banfield, the famous sociologist who did a study of rioting some years ago in the 1960s, said there's a cohort of, of, of people who attend these things just for the entertainment of it. And young what? males, white males, black males, they seem to enjoy the entertainment, the baiting the police. If you take a look at the pictures of some of the rioters, notice how many white folks there are white young males there are uh, and, and if you looked in atlanta in the first uh first or second nights i should second night they had some films and here's these all these white males in their expensive suvs who had come in from the suburbs to join the fun so you have a whole cohort that is is, is entertainment for them and of course you have another cohort that also take advantages of, of, of these demonstrations and, and the entertainment of, of, of starting a riot by looting or, or, or shopping in the evening without money, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but, but go ahead. Uh, 
moneyless shopping. I've also been quite surprised to see the amount of women that are getting right in the policeman's face and flipping them off. And, and uh, I, I'm just, it's fascinating to me what's going on here. And most of it is coming, I mean, what I look by going through all the main uh, information networks is there are a few of our media outlets that really in, in a world that was correct and where there was justice, they should be prosecuted for inciting. The things that, that uh, I don't know if I should say the names or the broadcasters or the, the talking heads' names. Well, try Don Lemon. Try, try CNN's Don Lemon uh, as a name. Go ahead. Well, that's one. Yes, and he is probably the worst. I also turned on MSNBC in the height of all the, 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 the worst of it in New York City. And I had just been on Fox, and they were showing a camera angle that came from the rear and above. And you could clearly see there were three or four rows of the people dressed in regular clothes. And then mixed in from behind that were the people with the black outfits. And you could clearly see them throwing uh, what I'm told is frozen water bottles and rocks. And it, it was very clear they were using the other people as a shield. And then I just wanted to see how the different net networks were taking this. And then on my cable, MSNBC is right next to Fox. So the first click I went to MSNBC, they had a camera angle coming from the side right next to the few rows of the kids in normal clothes that were just holding signs and not being malicious at all. And they shot the whole scene where you couldn't see the water bottles flying over their head and the rocks and the other things they were doing. And then the tear gas starts flying and they're saying, oh, for no reason, they're tear gassing us. I mean, it was just amazing. Then later on, uh, MSNBC, I don't know any of their people's names, but it was kind of a guy that looked like George Costanza, kind of a chunky guy. And he's marching with the protesters. He's with the belligerent group, of course. And he states, well, curfew just came, and we're not going anywhere. And then the police come and start pushing the entire brigade of protesters down the street and he said here they are for no reason pushing us down the street getting us off the street after he had just said that it's curfew <laughs> it's just fascinating and that the people that watch that are unable to put that together well it's curfew you're breaking the law uh, it's just absolutely fascinating and i think part of it goes into the way people are educated in america today they're Cognizant thought, reasoning is not taught. There, as some of the early day liberals said, we've got to educate people to be a good workforce. We don't want to educate them to be leaders. Those were the people that I guess went to private school. But it, to me, it is absolutely fascinating that people are unable to see through this and that they just take it and it's all gospel truth and. And then some of the other players right now that are 
you know, to me it's very clear General Mattis had a beautiful career, but he and Trump are two of the same thing. They're identical-type personalities, and Mattis stuck it to Trump this week. Well, you know, they're playing it up as, you know, his whole cabinet's falling apart. They're all turning on him. And, again, how they believe this, I just don't understand. Well, let me, let me make a couple of comments. Because you brought up a, a really a, a series of very interesting uh, uh, observations and comments. The first about the number of women, the number of girls who are involved in baiting the police and involved in these riots. There's a philosopher, a French philosopher, and I forgot which one it was, who said that um, civilization was invented by men to impress women. And if women no longer are interested in civilization, then men will no longer be, be interested in impressing them with civilization, and, and hence civilization starts to fall apart, which is exactly what's happening right now uh, and uh, in various parts of the world, most, most particularly in the United States. Uh, it's, it's a, I, I can remember reading a few years back about a projection by an ethnographer that the United States would eventually split into five, four or five different countries. And I couldn't conceive of it then. This is probably about 10 years ago. I can conceive of it now. I really can. And as far as the, um, the, the, the media, they're part and parcel. I, I, this, <clears throat> there's a global leadership, a globalist leadership. I shouldn't call globalist. So, care not a whit about the United States, although they're particularly, they're supposedly American citizens. They dominate the Wall Street, they dominate the, the coasts, and uh, their particular goal is, is a, a, global, a global government, and with complete control of the deplorables, uh, who will then work in factories for minimal wages uh, to continue the, enriching the ultra-rich. I, it, this is facts don't matter, and and that's really true in colleges and universities. That's right. Facts don't matter. Then we don't educate most of our our citizens anymore. We in, we propagandize them. No education. Indoctrinate. Yes, we indoctrinate, propagandize. We give them a credential. To be credentialed doesn't mean you're educated, and I think it's purposeful. I remember uh, some years ago when uh, my son. Uh, had applied to Tufts in Massachusetts, and was and I went to the, and he decided to go to Tufts against my advice. By the way, uh, he transferred out of Tufts after the first year and went to a University of Texas, <clears throat> which suited his personality and his leadership ability a lot better. But anyway, I went to this uh, parents' uh, weekend before school started, and this little professor gets up there. And she starts talking about, oh, this is so exciting. We, so we want to make things interesting for students. We want to really know how they feel. And my response to that was, do you, know what, you want to know what they know? There's no interest in facts. There's no interest in t- teaching them real history. It's how they feel. And, and you can always use left-wing rhetoric to make people feel good. Everybody's equal, says the socialists, while the people who run the country live in luxury and ordinary folks are impoverished. See, see Venezuela for a recent example. Uh, yeah, I think it's, a, it's a, a, a very troubling at, at this point. Um, 
we have a lot of violence going on, and people talk about police brutality, which is nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. Bill, go ahead. Well, part of that, uh, I think, has to do that this is clearly a long-term plan. Like the feminization of the American male in the 80s and 90s and the Clinton years. If you look into the psyche of a male and a female, women feel, men think, men analyze, women feel. So they've taught men to feel. Everything that's happened, everything from Hollywood, everything from the media, it's all been to get men to be controllable. They can't have any wolves. They have to have sheep. As far as the globalism goes, there, I don't know exactly how you find it, but 60 Minutes did an interview with George Soros many years ago. And he talked about how, you know, in Germany when the Nazis took over, and he is a Jew, that he turned his neighbors in because when they sent them to the concentration camps, they gave him their stuff. And they also gave him protection. And he talks about that openly, like, and like you know, what's wrong with that? I got their stuff. I got protection. So, you know, if that could get... I'm pretty sure you can find it. I've seen it on the Internet. Uh, but the more people that see who George Soros really okay, hold is. Hold that thought, because I want to pursue that thing about George Soros. We're up against a hard break. We'll be right back with Do Facts Matter. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Want to give your family or loved one the perfect gift? Then go online and check out the TornadoBodyDryer.com. I love mine and the warm heat air massage it gives me after my shower. The Tornado Body Dryer is super. You'll love it, and you'll love having one in your shop. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Robert D'Agostino, Professor Robert D'Agostino, Atlanta's John Marshall Law School, with Do Facts Matter. I don't know if I should mention my affiliation uh, in view of... uh, what's happened the last couple of days, which I'll go into in a minute. Uh, but let's go back to George Soros for a moment. Uh, obviously, George Soros uh, is has a, a history that is less than honorable. And in fact, he's been thrown out of three countries uh, for uh, currency manipulation. So most of his wealth is based on uh, first getting it, let's say, uh, from others when he didn't earn it, and two... Um, Manip- pay, manipulating uh, uh, currencies and and uh, I don't know if he's in the hedge funds too, but certainly not doing anything productive. Yet he's got billions of dollars recently having transferred $18 billion of his personal wealth into a foundation to advance left-wing causes. But that's exactly why he's not held to account because he's embraced left-wing causes. You can... You can be run out of the U.S. Senate for patting a female staffer on the on the behind if you're a Republican. You can go ahead and rape women and assault them 
and uh, with credible uh, accusers, and you become president of the United States as long as you are a Democrat and play along with the left. Uh, Will, is that right? Yeah, that is right. I think he's been thrown out of more countries than that, though. Uh, there were some things he did with currency manipulation in Asia. Thailand, yeah, Thailand. Thailand, yeah, I think he got pretty much kicked out of there. United Kingdom. United Kingdom, and I think France or Germany, wasn't it? Uh, I don't remember the third one at this point. I don't think it was either France or Germany. I think it was uh, an Eastern European country, but I, I don't remember. Well, it's, it's, there's, a, there's at least one more country. Yes. My question is, and... If, if anyone's interested in what's infuriating with what's going on, is why no one gets prosecuted. If if Como or De Blasio were Republicans, they would be people marching in the street demanding that they're tried for murder. That that's on just simply on what they did around COVID when De Blasio in March was saying, "Come to New York, it's great." come to the restaurants. They wanted the money from the St. Patrick's Day. The mayor of New Orleans did the same thing. De Blasio sent COVID patients to the nursing homes. Why does Soros not get prosecuted? Why does de Blasio not get prosecuted? Why does Como not get prosecuted? It gets people really frustrated, and I think Bill Barr is doing a good job, but, you know, some indictments need to drop. Well, first of all, I don't think uh, Cuomo has necessarily done anything illegal, although he should suffer political consequences and and criticism for what he's done. As far as Barr is concerned, I don't have really any faith in Attorney General Barr. Maybe maybe he'll prove me wrong, but... uh, you know, where's where's the prosecutions for obviously criminal behavior when they haven't even indicted the particular attorney who forged an email in order to uh, 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 harass uh, Carter Page? Forged the forged it, and, and 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 he hasn't been indicted for anything. I mean, I sure I, I Attorney General Barr you know, talks an interesting game, but. Uh, my feeling is no one or almost no one will suffer the consequences of their illegal and criminal behavior. Um, look at uh, the Clintons. The Clintons have gotten away with criminal behavior for years, uh, 30 years, 40 years, in, in, taking bribes when he was president, for Pete's sakes. Uh, Hillary Clinton, if, any, if you're an attorney and, you ask, and your client asks you, oh, I, they're investigating me, should I destroy the emails? No, that's a felony. Should I destroy the, the computer that, that these emails are on? No, you can't do that. You're under investigation. Um, but she did all of that, and nothing happened. So uh, I, th- I think, uh, yeah, there, there's certainly two levels of justice in this country, and uh, one... Uh, uh, well, that's where people get frustrated. We're supposedly a nation of laws, but apparently we're only a nation of laws if your name has an R after it. Well, I, th- I think that's I think that seems to be true, and, and we're seeing that right now. Um, one of the interesting things I want to uh, address... By the way, before I address this, you've been in some countries where there's been a lot of unrest. Well, I was very close to... Uh, 
I was in Mombasa, Kenya, which when the uh, troops were being cut up into pieces and drugged through the streets, and Bill Clinton, it would have been, we had tanks, we had all the assets. Where it, it was very similar to what his wife did in Benghazi. We had the assets, there were people standing there, let us go, let us go, let us go. And he would not roll the tanks. They killed our troops brutally, cut their bodies into pieces, drug them through the streets, which, of course, you know, there's nothing like absolute brutality to incite people thinking that they're doing the right thing when they're absolutely doing the unconscionable wrong thing. But uh, that's probably the worst that I've ever seen, although... There was an interesting, uh, on your point that you just made, which is really interesting, some years ago, a professor at University of Texas named Budashevsky wrote an article about the called The Revenge of Conscience. You can look it up on the internet, listeners who might be interested. The name is Budashevsky, the article, University of Texas professor, The Revenge of Conscience. And he pointed out, as you do terrible things, your conscience actually justifies it, and you do even worse things as you go along. And he was, of course, uh, talking about uh, one of the things he was talking about was abortion, uh, killing unborn babies, which now is uh, the governor of Virginia. And the, the new legislation in New York essentially allows infanticide. Uh, and our... One of our former president, uh, Barack Obama, uh, voted when he was in the uh, Illinois legislature, refused to support legislation that would have protected babies born alive. And he even uh, at one point, look it up, interviews, well, you know, if the, it's a botched abortion and the baby's born alive, well, you know, uh, it's up to the mother and the doctor. And one state, I think, may have passed this legislation recently, and uh, 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 Well, Alabama has put up some pretty strong legislation against that. But the way I understand it, in New York, and I believe Virginia as well, that a mother can say, I don't want this baby, and they can deliver a healthy baby, and they'll take it. The way I understand it, they will take it and lay it, make it comfortable, but not give it anything, any treatment until it dies. Well, that's what uh, Northam, the, the governor of Virginia, said, and that's apparently uh, one interpretation of the New York legislation. And there's a state, and I don't know, that I think just passed a law uh, 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 allowing for uh, a lawsuit for wrongful botched abortion. And what it really means is that if the baby's born alive, the doctor can be sued. And... Uh, now, you're a doctor, you're doing a, a, an abortion, you're going to let the baby be born alive so you get a lawsuit on your hands? I don't think so. No, you're going to slit its little throat. Well, that they, well, well, they do that uh, routinely in California in order to sell the head. They uh, you know, uh, intake the baby's heads uh, uh, worth a lot of money. And you think I'm not telling the truth? There's a transcript uh, in where... People from Planned Parenthood admit that that's going on. Go look it up. Um, and, well, they're uh, selling the parts, the way I understand it. Well, they sell the parts, but but if the baby's born alive, the parts are fresh. And and yeah. and how do you get an intact head? You, 
you know, a lot of abortions, you just crush the, the head, so you crush the brain. Well if, well, if the head is worth a lot of money, you want the baby born with the head. So you you you, you do what you just said. You slit the throat. And retinas and yeah. Well, yeah, you slit the throat, just what you said, and you cut the head off. Um, uh, yeah, well, right, it's going on. Uh, the Thomas More Society, M-O-R-E, is defending uh, uh, people who have been sued because they have exposed this 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 tr- trade in body parts, which is illegal. This this killing born babies, which is illegal, even in California at this point. And so it's a Thomas More M O R E Society. Look it up. Look it up. Their cases involving the the suit, uh, the lawsuits against a couple of their clients in California for exposing illegal activity. So they're the ones getting sued, and they've got uh, Judge uh, Oric, uh, who's uh, in the pocket of Planned Parenthood, who uh, made sure the jury found against these people who exposed illegal activities and, and testified to. Just amazing what's going on in the country today. But let's get back to what's going on now. Uh, what have you seen? Uh, uh, you've been in other countries where there was a, a unrest. This you saw what was going on in... in uh, well, yesterday, where I am on the coast of South Carolina, I saw two different demonstrations. Uh, most seemed to be attended by high school age young white and black kids that were holding signs and being peaceful, and I support that a thousand percent. Uh, didn't see anything unpeaceful here, although what I saw happening in Atlanta, the police officer that was killed yesterday, it's just, it's beyond appalling to me that all this is being aggrandized and, and people seem to think it's fine. Yes, so we have a career criminal, uh, George Floyd, killed by police in in a horrible, horrible situation. But how about the 11 or 12 people who've died in these riots, most of whom are innocent African Americans, innocent blacks? What about them? They get no publicity. They get nothing. I believe most of them are black as well. Well, of course. I just most of them are black. And and, and what about them? What what about them? Well, you know, uh, the the leftist theory is well, you got to break an egg to make an omelet. And you know, all these people think that you know, if their if their side was successful, that they would be heroes and. You know, they'd be aggrandized and be given 70 virgins or whatever the liberal version of that is, kind of the same thing. But the truth is, they would probably be killed off pretty quickly. The the people, once they got control, wouldn't want any anybody that's uh, radical or, or going to possibly work against them. Well, let's see. They don't want to give away any of the power. They want it all for themselves. Exactly. Uh, And let's say history shows what the left does to their allies. In Russia, once the the Bolsheviks were able to dominate the uh, uh, government, they promptly killed the Mensheviks, right? The Mensheviks were uh, reformists, were socialists, leftists, and they believed in democracy. Well, that's false consciousness. They have to go. Uh, and after the hard break we're about to have, I'll tell you a little story about a fellow named Alexander Neckham. 
You can keep your doctor, you can keep your plan, and every family will save thousands of dollars a year. I'm Ellen Deal, and if you've been hurt by the Affordable Care Act, you can email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com to see if we can help. Small business owners, individuals, families, and baby boomers, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com for three easy questions to determine if you can get away from Obamacare. I'm a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry and here to help you for all your insurance needs. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is around town movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around Town Movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, Around Town Movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around Town Movers. Call them. This is America's Web Radio. Would you like to have a show, talk about your business, or express your opinion on America's Web Radio? Just email gm at americaswebradio.com and we'll get back to you. Thank you. Professor Robert D'Agostino back with Do Facts Matter? And I was, uh, we were talking about how the uh, left will turn on each other, other left-wing groups, in order to achieve complete power. And uh, Alexander Neckham comes to mind. Alexander Neckham was the Minister of Finance after World War II in Hungary. And he he was a leader of what was called the Peasant Party. And the Peasant Party was allied with the Communists and kind of a a, a popular front left-wing group. Well, uh, once the communists uh, took control of the government, they immediately turned against the uh, peasant party, and Alexander Neckham had to flee Hungary with his wife, uh, and they just got out before they were shot. Um, And so this is typical. uh, Stalin, uh, when when the Russian troops moved into Eastern Europe, Stalin told his leadership that they were to... uh, put the former Nazis in charge because they knew how to run the country. So if, if you take a look at the post-World War II Austrian Socialist Party, it was dominated by ex-Nazis because that's who the communists wanted to, to, to control the country, the natives, the people who knew how to run the country. Yes, they were Nazis. They knew how to run the country, and they knew how to run the country the way Stalin wanted it run. And so we see that all the time. Now, what's this going on now, William? We got this, what? We got this um, defund the police going on? What's what's all this about? Anarchy. Yes. And, you know, I think, the, the, I think that we are still the majority. I was talking to some liberals yesterday, and I start getting them to tell me their values, and they're actually Republicans. They're just so brainwashed by, they watch CNN, and, and they think, most of the, or a good bit of the Democratic Party are actually brainwashed Republicans. And one point as to what you were just talking about that it made me remember clearly, 
is one of the biggest misconceptions is that the Nazis were right-wing. The definition of fascism has become right-wing. Fascism has nothing to do with what side you're on. Fascism has to do with an undying belief in a system. The Mussolini was a fascist. Hitler was a fascist. But the, the big misconception out there right now is that the Nazis were right-wing. The Nazis were pure and simple socialist, and there, there's clues to this day right there in front of you. The way the socialists always have the people's this and the people's that. Well, the car that Hitler personally supervised inventing, the Volkswagen, if you translate that, that translates to the people's car. The Nazis were socialists. They never were anything but socialists. When they came, when Hitler was elected and they came into the Bundestag, which is the, the house in Germany, they seated them on the right side because their party name had the word nationalist in it. But the party was the National Socialist Party. That's what Nazi came from. So any work that people out there can do to educate people about the Nazis, that they were actually quite far left and not right-wing at all, and that fascism has nothing to do with right-wing or left-wing. But if you look it up on any of the... Uh, dictionaries of today which would include Google and things like that the first word will be hard right wing total brainwashing totally false and you have great knowledge about that I wish you would speak to that for just a moment and then we'll get back to the what we're seeing in America. Well, Mussolini actually said, for, <laughs> talking about the economic theories, he said fascism was the halfway house to socialism. Mussolini sure. was the head of a socialist group in Italy before he took power. And uh, the what what happened is uh, this brand of, of socialism became also directed at ethnic superiorities and so the utopian scheme these are all left-wing utopian schemes the utopian scheme for hitler economically of course was socialism but but ethnically was a a society dominated by germans Uh, all germans are equal everybody else is is unequal Uh, whereas communism uh same economic policies, uh, this, the same totalitarian uh, outlook as, as the Nazis, except that all people are equal, not just Germans or Russians. Although Stalin, as you know, he spent a good part of his initial uh, uh, years in power russifying the rest of the population. This idea of multicultural didn't sit well with Joseph Stalin. Uh, he knew multicultural meant uh, uh, a division. Uh, and and uh, and 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 dispute among peoples. So one of the first things he did. I mean, how did the Ukraine get such a, a huge Russian population? Well, Stalin. What did he do? He starved seven million Ukrainians to death and moved Russians into eastern Ukraine in order to inc- uh, uh, dominate Ukraine with Russian ethnic Russians rather than Ukrainians. So that's why Western Ukraine is still Ukrainian. Eastern Ukraine is, uh, to a large extent, uh, Russified, a lot of Russians. Um, So, you know, in terms of being in power, there's no difference. The the, the left 
whether you, whether you call them uh, Nazis or fascists or communists, they all uh, govern in the same way, uh, and, and uh, they're all socialists. They're all utopian thinkers. They just have a different de- definition of utopia. And let me point out to you that Mussolini, when he came to power, was welcomed by the progressives all over Europe and America as a new. Pro- he made the the trains run on time. The, he was proving that the government should could was a rational way to to run a country and uh, rather than the market, rather than having people make their own decisions. Apparently, so he was welcomed by the progressives, and so was Hitler. When Hitler first came, there were a lot of progressives that said, well, he's going to straighten things out in Germany. He'll make things better uh, for the common folk. He's a good socialist. And who, 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 some of the people who visited Hitler initially were, were the progressives from this country. And one has to remember that one of the crucial advocate, uh, <coughs> policy uh, positions of, of the uh, progressives was eugenics. How do we get rid of the inferior people and inferior races? Hitler, of course, was busy at the time that American progressives visited Hitler. Hitler was busy getting rid of uh, retarded people and getting rid of people who were disabled because of World War I injuries, soldiers, fellow soldiers. Yet the progressives thought this was perfectly okay, justified. He was going to make a better country with a better quality of people. Uh, And... Uh, talking about that, take a, those of you out there who think that Ruth Bader Ginsburg is such a wonderful person, take a look at her interview with the New York Times uh, some uh, a couple of years ago when she was asked about abortion. And other than supporting it as a population control measure, she also said, you know, after all, uh, abortion eliminates people in a population we want fewer of. Look it up. Those are her words, not mine. Look it up. Will, go ahead. Well, I get so many points when I listen to that. Uh, one is the Nazis. If you listen to Hitler's speech, now he spoke Altdeutsch, the old German, which I took a great deal of care when I was studying in Germany to learn enough of it to understand his speeches because I wanted to hear them undiluted. And he always would scream, and you can hear it quite clearly if you listen to any of his speeches, Verside Aria, we are the Aryan race. Although he was not, he had brown hair and brown eyes, but he wanted to create this super race of Aryans, blonde haired blue eyes. And the Nazis were used, they divided the people just like we are here today by creating a common enemy and that day it was Jews and blacks today it's still Jews one of the things that totally plummets me is why the Jews vote Democrat they have, Obama had institutionalized anti-Semitism look what's happening in Israel right now so they create an enemy today it's white men uh, you can go down the list of their people that they... Number one on the list is white men. No, no, no. Wait a minute, wait a minute, William. Heterosexual white men. Heterosexual white men. Yes. Uh, yes, that's, that's exactly right. Uh, so the parallels, and I think I spoke about this last week as well, the parallels between the American left today... And the Nazis are absolutely astounding. If you can 
go through and get, you know, people say, well, research it. And they say, you know, go to, what is it, Smurfs or Snopes or something. It's The, the information in there is just totally, it's just a bunch of propaganda. You probably have to get a textbook from the 50s or 60s to find one where they haven't diluted it. But the, the platform of the Nazis was incredibly similar. Uh Oh, yeah, they were big environmentalists. Yes, Hitler was a big environmentalist. Uh, no question about it. Yeah. yeah. But uh, today's left, and another thing I thought about when you were speaking is that, you know, people will jump on and say, well, you had some good Republicans, Theodore Roosevelt. Well, Theodore Roosevelt was actually founded something called the Bull Moose Party. And the Bull Moose Party was progressives. But that was That's after right. he was president. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, did Taft oppose him after that? or Yes. Uh, we have uh, Theodore Roosevelt running as Bull Moose to thank for Woodrow Wilson, one of the most disastrous presidents in American history. William Howard Taft would have been reelected if uh, Theodore Roosevelt had not formed a third party called the Bull Moose Party. And he split the Republican vote, allowing Woodrow Wilson a complete disaster to be elected president, a racist, someone who resegregated the federal government, someone who got us into World War I, which, which led to World War II. No, Woodrow Wilson, we're not in World War I. The war, that, that war comes to an end without a, a worldwide conflagration, and, there's, and then there's no World War II. You know, John Maynard Keynes was brilliant, uh, was at Versailles, and he absolutely said that there'd be a continuation of World War One. He said, "Yeah, World War One created World War Two, right?" And Woodrow Wilson got us into World War One uh, when he when he, <clears throat> he shouldn't have make the world safe for democracy. Every single president who wanted to make the world safe for democracy, Woodrow Wilson, John Kennedy in Vietnam, and the second George and the second Bush have led us into disastrous wars, disastrous entanglements. Every you, Ronald Reagan spoke a good, uh, uh, you know, spoke in the language of uh, uh, sometimes uh, idiocy about the, uh, but never, never was suckered into thinking that the United States could uh, reform a country could United States without occupying it obviously we we reformed Germany by occupying it we reformed reformed uh, Japan by occupying it and the only time Haiti had a government that really operated well was when the marines ran Haiti for a while but uh, Reagan knew the nation building was was a was a myth of absent uh, occupation, and he wasn't going to do that. But no, we had Woodrow Wilson, World War One. We had John Kennedy, Vietnam War, uh, aided and abetted by, of course, Lyndon Johnson, who knew he shouldn't have been there. Then we had the second Bush. Well, he's going to create a new democratic Iraq. Yeah, sure. If you well, they brutalized him when he was in office. But if you look, it's obvious he's a globalist. If you look at the comments he's having right now, he's supporting all this rioting. And, and the second Bush, I, I, I just, I, I never could understand him. They would sit there in these news conferences and just throw out these absolute lies. And he would just stand there and look at them. The, the current press secretary of the White House I can't remember her name. She's only 32 years old. McInerney, yes. 
she is absolutely brilliant. I just love the way she just knocks them down, and she's always, it's like she knows the stupid questions they're going to ask her, and she has tape repudiating it right there and just plays it on the screen of them <clears throat> saying the opposite of what they're saying now, and uh, she's wonderful. <laughs> Well, I hope it, me happy. I hope it does some good. Um, you know, right now I'm not sure. Here's what I sense, and I don't know if you sense this too. And I'm, my friends think I'm a pretty good uh, guy looking at political trends. And I, um, I think that a week ago, or two weeks ago, I would have bet that the Democrats would sweep everything: the House, the Senate, the presidency, even the presidency with an Alzheimer's patient. That, that had a good chance of, of winning the presidency. I think there's been a change in the air. I think there's been a, a, a turn away from and a realization of what the Democrats, especially in the, are doing, uh, undercutting the police, uh, justifying looting and, and violence. The number of murders uh, by the rioters are committing is rising. And maybe if... Attorney General Barr will finally get off his butt and do something about Antifa and the other groups, the radical wing of the Black Lives Matter movement and a few other movements. By the way, those of you out there who are interested in finding out how how these people are funded and and how they're connected with each other, David Horowitz Freedom Center has done a, a, a pamphlet about that. That's David Horowitz's Freedom Center. In fact, uh, maybe I'll, br- I'll bring that study with me next week and we can go through it on, on the uh, uh, show. Uh, but uh, with the funding, these are well-funded uh, people. These, And by the way, when you look at the uh, TV, spot the people with black masks covering all their face and backpacks because those backpacks can, uh, contain very sophisticated um, communications equipment and cameras. And so if you see someone in black, particularly all black-faced, and, and with a backpack, then look at their head. Green, yellow, black, and that <clears throat> that is a signal as to what their role is. Their role is to create mayhem, throw the rocks, throw the bottles, or is their role to cover up for those people? Or is a role to to, uh, to 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 stir the pot with uh, with innocent uh, who initially anyway innocent demonstrators who then might be encouraged to become violent. Uh, I just you watch them. I, I when I watch some of this, I point out to, to my wife. I say, now look, that's and and Antifa right there, black mask on face, look black hat. Black, and that one's Antifa too. Look at the backpack. They always have these big backpacks full, full of sophisticated cameras and 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 uh, communications equipment. Uh, Will, go ahead. Well, you know, in the Civil War, uh, some of the generals had different divisions in their group. People that did different things. These people would all have a black horse. These people would all have a roan horse. These people would all so that he could sit on the hill and identify his people. And that's the same with Antifa. There's somebody watching somewhere that's choreographing the whole thing. The good part that comes from this, as the Democrats want to do, they seem to have overplayed their hand 
America's getting a first, you know, right as they're saying we need to have no police in the middle of anarchy, people are getting to see what anarchy looks like, and nobody wants it. So I think they've overplayed their hand, and what I pray for is that Trump gets reelected with a mandate, and that he gets rhino-proof majorities in both houses so that he can really get something done. He's proved himself time and time again to be a man of the people, even the people that are just stabbing him in the back. And he's doing his job every day. He's honored all his promises, and he's doing his job every day with a pack of rabid chihuahuas nipping at his heels. And he somehow, I just can't imagine if, if I was elected president and then it's being broadcast by leaders of the Democrats that my 10-year-old son should be gang-raped by homosexuals, my wife was a whore, I'm an idiot, all these horrible things, that holding up my severed head, I don't think I could be as nice as he is. And, you know, they say he's... He's coarse. He's a New Yorker, but with what he's had to endure, I really don't think I would be as nice to him as he is. I really don't. No, I, I agree with you, and I, I, of course, of course, sometimes he steps in it uh, with his own uh, r- rhetoric and tweets. But uh, well, I agree. He's that- a coarse, old school New Yorker. They didn't take much baloney, and, and that's the way they are. You know, we had Obama that was quite eloquent and that spoke well and. And, you know, he would only tread on the, the toes of conservatives. So he was the darling of all these people. I'd rather have a coarse son of a bitch that tells the truth, does what he says, and doesn't destroy the country. Yeah, I'd of course, any day over an eloquent traitor. Yes, and uh, I think that's a good word for, 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 for uh, Barack Obama in a sense because he politicized the Justice Department, politicized the FBI, politicized the IRS, politicized the CIA. I Weaponized mean, I, and politicized. Yes, it's, uh, it's just right. It's just absolutely incredible. Well, uh, before we leave, though, Bill, I want to talk to you about what you're up to now because you are up to something interesting now. You're a very creative person. And tell us about what you're up to now. I think it's a, an interesting thing for um, the listeners to hear about, and they'll hear about more of it from America's Web Radio in the future once you're ready to launch your business. What is it? Well, for many years, I built buildings. I renovated buildings. I designed all sorts of stuff. And I always noticed that when we would do the demolition of these buildings, there were these people that would come, and they always wanted the air conditioning units, which we were throwing away, and they would take them apart because they had copper and various types of metals that could be resold. And when they would open these air conditioning units up to take that cooling coil out, what I saw was appalling. And I'm thinking, we're taking our air in our homes and our buildings, blowing it through this mat of fungus and mold and bacteria, and then blowing it in our baby's faces. So I started in 2001 developing a way to prevent that. And the first machines I built had uh, a ceramic disc, and we actually created small lightning strikes in the air conditioner machine, which created ozone, and the ozone killed the stuff. But that was at the same time when 
the ozone layer was being portrayed as the enemy of the world, so I didn't want anything to do with that. And I went to citrus extracts, byproducts from the citrus industry, and I now have a formula that's been tested. It's made from... Well, I don't think you want to go into your patented uh, formula right now. Uh, it'll, we'll learn more about that uh, when we when you launch the company and and uh, well, America's Web Radio is going to What the machine sell does it. is it nebulizes this formula directly into the airflow, kills the mold, kills the fungus, kills the bacteria, and we have independent testing that certifies that. And it also a, a handy little byproduct of it is that it, as when the machine starts running again, the condensation drips off of the coil and it cleans your entire condensate line, which I can't tell you how many homes and buildings have been flooded when that condensate line gets stopped up with algae. It also keeps the cool, cooling coil clean so that the air most coils are at least partially blocked so that the air, the, the, the heat exchange cannot occur very efficiently and the air can't get through efficiently. So it saves a lot of energy by keeping your coil clean. Your air conditioner is, in, in effect, a brand new machine for forever. So it saves energy, which pays for itself, and gives you a much healthier life lifestyle life working space and living space so we are very close to having the engineers are working on it now we have prototypes that were done by various universities we are very close to releasing it it makes me sick in my heart that i didn't have it as this whole outbreak came out because it would have been a way that all these businesses could this is an airborne, you know, there was a lot of talk that, you know, you pick it up off of surfaces, but that's since been debunked. It is airborne. And keeping the air sterilized would certainly prevent transmission of it. Well, not exactly sterilized, but uh, uh, rid uh, of, of these uh, pathogens. Rid it of a, of a substantial amount of the pathogens. Right, and I think that would it. be uh, wonderful. Well, you know... Uh, uh, I wanted you to talk a little bit about it because, uh, uh, in view of what's going on today with the with the pandemic and the fear of it coming back, uh, it would be timely. And uh, and it's and when when your company is ready to launch, uh, America's Web Radio is ready to help you sell it. And uh, everything's ready. We're we're manufacturing it now. The engineers are working out the last little bugs to get it into full-fledged production. That's where we are. It should be on the market hopefully very soon. It's been, I've been working on this since 2001. Okay, well I'm going to uh, call Dwight and uh, see where we are, uh, see where you are on that, because uh, Dwight I know is handling your uh, routine uh, uh, business, and uh, right. we'll see. I'm, I, I, I keep saying we because i the legal consultant for this startup, and so I've, right. been, I've been doing paperwork. Uh, I'm not the engineer. Will well, Harris is the engineer. It's a thing to be aligned with. It has a lot of synergy. Yes, I'm not the. Uh, I, by the way, the reason uh, I'm I'm uh, legal consultant uh, doing some of the uh, paperwork for for Will is I've known Will for fifty some odd years. He, he was a high school student of mine. When I taught high school, I was in law school at night. 
and someday I'll tell you about that story. In fact, I do tell a story about Will uh, to my class. Does it have to do with the snake? It has to do with the snake. <laughs> Will Will's uh, <laughs> and and actually, it, it, believe it or not, it has to do with uh, uh, some legal principles in in the law of sales, uh, which I won't go into the legal principles. That's from my cl- my class. But I do tell the story about the the night, in the middle of the night, when Will Harris delivered a nine foot boa constrictor to my house where I was living, a uh, rental uh, house with my roommate, then roommate Roger Wren. And uh, Roger, by the way, introduced me to someone who became my wife eventually. And so the two of us you would knock on the door, and there is Will Harris with this nine foot boa constrictor. And, and I say, What are you doing here? He said, my mother kicked me out of the house, and she won't let me back in with this snake. So, so I, I said, the only place I could think to bring it was, was you. I was a science teacher. And so I said, okay. So we did put the snake in the, um, in the, uh, in the basement. We had a big pen in the basement, and we put a big water dish because boas like to sit in water. And we put a bunch of new, newspaper. We put a whole bunch of newspapers, tore them up so the boa can, you know, hide in there, make a nest of the newspaper. And they say, well, well you know, we've got to do something about this guy. We can't keep him here forever. And, uh, well, a couple of days later, you know, we st- the, the snake is still there. And, and Roger says to me, you know, we've got to feed that snake. And I said, yeah, you're right. We really do have to feed the snake. Uh, I don't know. Let's, let's go around to um, one of our favorite restaurants. And I'm not going to... I think the restaurant's still there many years later. Well, I'm, and ownership is not the same. It was a barbecue joint. And so I went to the barbecue joint, and I said, and they used to keep a tab. I never had any money to pay my bills, so I, whenever I got paid, I'd go pay my tab. And But I knew that this particular barbecue joint was a front for cockfighting. <laughs> and they were racing. And so I went over there and said, look, I got a big uh, snake. I need something to feed him. And, you know, the, the pet shop wants, you know, $3 or $4 for a, a frozen rat, and they got to heat the rat up and all that sort of stuff. I said, you got something, you know, maybe a, a, an old chicken or something? I said, oh, I got this fighting cock, and uh, he's uh, lost his eye in the last fight. So I give you the fighting cock. Yeah, give me a buck. You can have the fighting cock. Well, to make a long story short, we did put the fighting cock in with the snake, and... Not too much later, where there was a huge racket coming from the pen down in the basement where the fighting cock and the snake were together, Roger comes into my room and says, Dag, let's go down, let's go down. I want to see the snake eat the, eat the chicken. I said, all right. We went downstairs, and the fighting cock was beating the hell out of the snake. It wasn't even close. The snake was cowering. The fighting cock was after him with with his beak, with his claws. We had to get the fighting cock out of there, or we would have had a dead nine-foot boa constrictor. So that's the story I tell. Now, you can say, well, what's that got to do with sales law? I assure you, I tie it all into sales law. <laughs> and that's it for the day. I'll see you next week. Bye. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.